In the first three chapters of Direction Not Perfection, I attempt to help you find your why, to turn away from diet mentality, and to find yourself some accountability. Chapter four deals with the question of how do I get started? How do I take all of this insight that I've gathered and turn it into positive steps into my journey of health? The interview that I have lined up for you today is with my awesome sister-in-law who was highlighted at the end of chapter four, where she's telling us her story, walking us through her fitness journey and how she found her fitness personality, keeping her family on track through crazy sports seasons, and now with the drastic difference of being quarantined. Are you interested in how you should get started? Stay tuned. Hello, and thank you so much for joining me. I am your host, Lindsay House, registered dietitian, private trainer, accountability coach, author. I have been working with clients for over 13 years, passionately changing the culture of health and fitness. I'm out here smashing scales, helping individuals rewrite the rules to what success looks like in their life. I want to change generational thinking, no more all or nothing mentality, get rid of the diets and believe in the individualized journey. We are stronger than we will ever accept and beautifully made just the way we are. Keep your eyes on your own paper and trust your own path. Thank you for trusting me and letting me be a constant encouragement through your week. Let's get this motivation started. Welcome to your podcast, Direction Not Perfection. Happy Podcast Friday. We are on to episode 67, How Do I Get Started? I've always wanted to introduce you to everyone that was highlighted in the chapters in Direction Not Perfection. At the end of each chapter, I do an interview with individuals that that show and exemplify the topic at hand within the chapter. So today I get to snag my awesome sister-in-law. She was interviewed at the end of chapter four of How Do I Get Started? And the chapter is labeled this way because once you find your why and you turn away from diet mentality and you find yourself some accountability, then there's always the question of how do I get started? How do I take all this insight that I've built within these years and how do I use this motivation that's brewing? I feel like I'm ready to hit the ground running, but how do I get started? I thought it would be fun to recap in this episode what it can look like to start from the beginning. Years ago, I had asked my family and extended family if they would like to join me in a month-long fitness challenge. We all grabbed different workout DVDs that fit our fitness personalities, everything from Tai Chi, kickboxing, yoga. Some chose the kick-your-butt type of workouts like Insanity or T25. We set food, water goals. We had a checkoff sheet so that we could view each other's success and how we were doing. We did where we would start that individual private Facebook group. And so we were all dumping our pictures of success in there for the day or our struggles. Um, And really, I feel like our takeaway, there were so many fun things, but it was just really great to stay that connected through the whole month. Um, I'm telling you this because... The way that I set up this group would be how I would advise anyone to get started with their goals. First, we set up attainable goals, also known as, and I know I've talked about this before, but smart goal setting, so sustainable, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-oriented. 
I would do this if you were my client. After we've investigated your why, like why you care, why you care to make this change, then we have to dive into what we are willing to change. Okay, and that's the really important key part. You're not trying to change something that somebody else wants you to change. You've got to care about it. It's got to be your own personal why. If you feel like you're at this phase of change currently and you're ready to stop thinking about it and start implementing it, well, we got to first start with the SMART goal setting, okay? I would recommend picking anywhere from one to three major goals. And this, again, boils down to personality types. Some people do really great with one big goal, so it's just this hyper-focus. And other people need about three going at the same time where they can kind of focus on nutrition, fitness, behavior type goals. So once you have your goals, then you you try them out for a week. You see how it went. You see, did it go well? Was Were my goals too easy? Were they too hard? And the beauty of this is I always picture like every Monday just assessing and resetting, assessing and resetting. You get to make constant tweaks. These goals are not set in stone. They're just a guideline for the week. And then we reset them and start over the next week. So as I'm interviewing Emily this week, one of the things that I loved witnessing while we did our family challenge was just getting to see her through part of her health journey over the years, her self-discovery of her fitness personality. Give this girl a yoga challenge, hot yoga to be precise. She won't miss a beat. Like everything will be checked off. You ask her to join you for some marathon training, yeah, she might have a different answer. Boils down to fitness personalities, right? We all have different fitness personalities and how much more fun and committed we feel when we actually like what we're striving for. That is so, so important. So I cannot wait to introduce you to Emily. This girl took me in from Hello. She and Nick which is her brother, my husband, we're extremely close. And instead of being slow to warm up to another female in the picture, she swooped in and took me up like the sister that she never had. And I simply love her. I met Emily when I was 20. So we've had 20 years to do life together, have babies together, go to family funerals together, vacation together. I feel so blessed to call her mine and to continue building memories. So please welcome Emily. Hey, Emily. Hi, Lindsay. How are you doing? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. Um, I'm sorry. I kind of bullied you into talking with me today. <laughs> this is maybe a little outside of Emily's comfort zone, and you're being like the best sister-in-law ever. The sister's got to do what a sister's got to do. <laughs> so the fun part about Emily and I, we always say we're more sisters than sister-in-laws, and we are the same age, and then my sister and your brother, who's my husband, are the same age. I get a buddy in this marriage. Times two. Times two. Tell us about your family. Well, my husband, Eric, uh, and our two children, Ethan, who is 12, um, unfortunately or fortunately Mm -hmm. about to be 13 in July. And um, our Miss Ellie, our spunky, just like her mama, in all ways, um, (laughs) is nine and will be 10 in May. Uh, we live in northern Kentucky with our brand new puppy, Wheatley. Oh, my goodness. So precious. Mm-hmm. Also spunky. Also spunky. <laughs> <laughs> um, my husband works for Triveco, um, full-time outside sales manager and jack-of-all-trades, really. He is. Um, I currently call myself a stay-at-home mom, um, but prior to 
uh, school being out in COVID-19, I was a part-time substitute teacher. Mm-hmm. And um, before that, what did you do? Before that, licensed social worker. I worked in long-term care. Um, I've worked with at-risk children in inner city situations mm-hmm. in schools. Um, Nuns. I, yeah, I, worked, <laughs> I did work. <laughs> I called it the nunnery, but it really wasn't a nunnery. It was a long-term care facility. Sisters of Mount Notre Dame, yeah. Yeah, which is awesome. Well, we were just laughing that you're doing this with me because you're a giver. <laughs> you are. Like, your jobs are givers. Everything that you've done... It is, whether it's social work, teaching, mommyhood, mommyhood for sure. Right. So yes. So those are jobs, but this COVID-19, like you said, this has brought in a full-time job. It has, you know, and it's been a blessing and a curse all at the same time, Mm kind of like, uh, ups and downs of every day. You know, when the kids went back to school full-time and I wasn't working full-time or, um, teaching in a full-time long-term situation, I kind of lost my sense of worth or my... Well, your kids are older, like purpose a little bit. My purpose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my purpose. I wasn't taking them to the zoo and playing in play dates all day. So during the day, there were times, not not every day, not all the time, where I lost my sense of purpose um, until they got home and we were running ragged with sports. But now that they're home, I'm kind of pulled back into that. And I'm very blessed and very fortunate that I hadn't taken a full-time position somewhere because... You know, God knew that I would needed to be there for my kids. And yeah. in this situation, I'm there for my kids. Yeah. My neighbor and I, when I lived back in Ohio, I always used to laugh that that stay at home mom position, just because you have a couple hours during the day that are free when the kids get home, you're just, you work. I, it's not a night shift. What's the other one? A second shift. No, it's a 24 hour shift. <laughs> or that. <laughs> yes. It's all the time, but I mean, it's no joke. <laughs> It's brought, like you said, silver linings, purpose. There's there's some good. There and I, good. I keep saying this on every podcast and every Monday morning video, but it, we are not neglecting the fact that other people are out there and really struggling and might not be finding those silver linings right now. But I think it's right. important to bring out the silver linings too. And, and I'm, like I said, I'm very blessed to be in the situation I'm in. And um, I've said many times to my husband during this that I do not know how two working parents or a single parent or working outside the home or even working inside the home during this and maintaining their life, their, their home, maintaining their kids, helping their kids, right. getting their work done, communicating with teachers. I praise you because I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Yeah, no, you could, but it's hard, right? Yeah. Very hard. So kudos to y'all out there doing this. <laughs> All Um, y'all. Yes, all y'all out there doing this. Amen. And Uh keep on and God bless you because it's tough. Yeah, it is. I have tough days too. No, I appreciate you bringing up the purpose. I want to throw that out to our listeners. Just make sure you heard that because I feel like we we can definitely find purpose within this. And, okay, if anyone can hear my dog barking, it's because I gave my husband the opportunity to watch her and I'm guessing you put her in the cage. I'm just going to throw that out there. I keep leaving all these noises on my calls now because I think all of us are living in this world of everything's just a little more chaotic. Like I keep hearing husband's talking about zoom calls or whatever and a baby's crying on the other end and it's just making us all more human. There's just, there are noises in our life. There are noises in our life without COVID. It's just a little bit more prominent now. <laughs> yes, exactly. 
So let's talk nutrition. This is one of the things that I love whenever I'm with you in person in the kitchen. I feel like from whether your kids were two to now when they're little young adults, you make the kitchen look easy. I thought it'd be fun to go through some of those little tips that you have for us. So the first one I want to talk about is you don't have fear of like grabbing some of the easier grabs. So when I say easy grabs, I mean things like, and here's going to be the direction, not perfection part of this conversation is Sometimes let's pretend we're putting pineapple with a meal or rice with a meal or beans with a meal that some people feel like they need to make sure it's fresh or they've boiled their own rice or they've, you know, they've taken that extra step when the reality is we have some really fast, easy grabs on our shelf that can be just as healthy or close to just as healthy. Right. And it really pairs well with a meal. Right. A lot of times, um, especially when, when sports are full in effect and we're trying to throw a meal together, you know, last minute or in time before we have to make that, uh, baseball game or soccer practice. And, um, a lot of my go-tos are like Lynn said, like canned pineapple, canned sliced pineapple, throw it on the grill with your chicken for a few minutes each side. Makes a wonderful side dish. It's delicious. The rice, we use Uncle Ben's, I think it is, like a ready rice. It's that 90-second rice. Yeah. I know there are off-brands that, that taste just as wonderful. Pastaroni or rice-a-roni. Yeah. We use the pastas as a side. You can throw those in the microwave with mixed with some water for 12 minutes and you have a side while your other things are grilling. Which brings up a point too, like you and your husband are awesome about tag teaming it. I'm going to call it in the kitchen. Like you're an awesome cook, but you're also willing to be the sous chef. Yes. <laughs> More so when the weather's nice. Yes. Cause so Eric will be out doing stuff on the grill. You throw some sides together. And at the end of the day, you've got protein with some form of vegetable. And then that carb that you throw with it becomes that fun thing that the adults can eat or not. And the kids are happy with it. They are happy with it. And they've grown to, as they get older, they've grown to really um, acquire the taste and they feel the flavor. The grill brings out a lot of great flavors because you're cooking it at a lower temperature sometimes on the side. Mm -hmm. um, when you Even vegetables. Yeah. We, we take a zucchini, for example, quarter it, marinate it in any kind of dressing you already have in the house mm -hmm. or soy sauce or whatever you can find or put it on there, put it on the grill mm -hmm. and the natural flavors will come out. Put it on the grill with your, with, with your meat you're cooking or saute it in a pan. Right. Like it can all be done out on the ground. Yes. Mm -hmm. We also use a lot of frozen vegetables as a side dish. And Which they're is great. Fine. People have, they feel like frozen vegetables aren't healthy. They're frozen at peak of ripeness. Mm -hmm. It is the same stinking thing. Right. It's good. If not better sometimes. Right. Yes. Okay. So I know what you really need to tell other moms. So before COVID-19 hit, you were the family that like in the best way possible had your kids are so stinking athletic. Like you had sports running 24 seven, but you're also the family that was still eating out of your own kitchen most of the time. How the heck do you do that? Again, I have the blessing of being at home sometimes during the day. Um, even on the days that I didn't meal planning esque, mm -hmm. having a couple go-tos in the fridge or the freezer. Like, like Lindsay said, my husband is fortunately for me phenomenal on the grill, but you don't have to be. 
um, just get used to your own grill. On the nights that we had to leave early, we would have something a little bit more simple that didn't take quite as long. We would throw frozen burger patties on the grill, pair it with a um, bag of uh, frozen corn, and maybe canned vegetables, canned uh fruit if you don't have a fresh fruit cut up mm-hmm. and there you go and call it a day yeah yes for a thousand busy times better days. yes yeah. thousand times better than fast food yes your family's not afraid to eat late if and when needed like if it came after a baseball practice right so yeah maybe a quick snack after school um head off to practice and if we eat dinner at eight o'clock we eat dinner at eight o'clock it is what it is yeah but it goes back to like i think the flexing and flowing that some people feel like well if i didn't meet the dinner hour at five or six o'clock at night then i failed that's just it flexibility Mm-hmm. And the reality is your family was still eating together after baseball practice. Like there's still these like beautiful things happening. Yes. Even Not every that. night. There were nights where, you know, Ellie and I might be home and we would eat. Ethan would come home and we'd have his plate. We'd save a plate. So all he'd have to do is warm it up in the microwave. Mm-hmm. So we would make that extra plate so you could just warm it up versus getting everything back out. Yeah, that's smart. And there are times too where, you know, it might be a peanut butter and jelly night for, for him when he gets home. And that's okay. Right. And I think that's the thing. It's like giving grace in those moments. You need them. And other times when it's like, don't keep using it as an excuse. You can make it feel overwhelming or you can kind of pull in those staples and those routines Mm -hmm. and those easy pull-ins and not be overwhelmed Mm -hmm. by have to make a vegetable, have to make a fruit, have to make this. You can pull in those easy grabs, like you said, and throw a quick meal together and have every food group without even much of an effort. Right. And here's the deal. Your kids, because they've been seeing this since toddlers, will go off to college knowing that they're going to, they on a plate should see protein, not even a meat, but a protein of some sort of vegetable or fruit. Like they're really good at seeing balanced. And like you said, your young, your daughter's always been an awesome eater, but your son's catching up. Like he's a good eater, but he, because you're so consistent with like, keep serving dinners. They keep eating what you're eating. Right. And they try. He's getting to the point and they're getting to the point where they'll previously may not have liked something, but they're at the point where they know that if they try it, they have liked things. And so now they're more willing to try because things that they used to not like, they've tried and they love. Yes. So they're more willing to give it a try and be like, eh, not this time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fine. But they'll try it another time. Right. And they're trying more of a variety of foods to where I'm not making two meals. Usually don't make two meals. It is kids (laughs) kids won't starve themselves. I promise you. (laughs) Yeah. They eventually eat or they find something on that dinner. Your daughter got mine into twice baked potatoes. I was like, yay. Yes. And Lindsay got me into twice baked potatoes. years ago and they just recoil you know they just came back and um yeah we were just talking about the the fact I, I I forgot about this too I reached it at one point it was something so easy to freeze like you take the time to make the twice baked potato and then you freeze four to eight and right. then you just keep pulling them out as needed so Emily was a highlight in direction not perfection she was one of my interviews in the book and one of the things that I love watching through your journey is I always preach on um, fitness personalities and when something clicks and it works then it feels good and easy and when it doesn't it feels hard so can you kind of walk us through your fitness journey 
my fitness journey. My fitness journey has been up and down, left and right. I don't feel like it's always had a strict consistency. The only constant that I've found that I always truly enjoy and truly go back to is yoga. Mm -hmm. To throw another wrench in there, hot yoga. Because <laughs> yeah. that's normal, right? <laughs> yeah, that's not everyone's love. It's great to go in a 114 degree room with no, but it. it it, it's one of my go-tos. It sticks. I never dread it. Yeah. I always love it. I always feel great after it. You hear that listeners? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is the one yeah. that I know that I will enjoy. I know I'll feel better after it. I know that I'll want to go back to it. I know it's easy to get into that routine versus some other different exercises. It's just not my, not my thing, not my click, not my yeah, for one reason or another, and one of my examples is we had a ton of fun training for some runs, but your knee, just like from an injury standpoint, mm -hmm. it wasn't, you liked it. You would have kept going. You just, mm -hmm. it was painful. Yeah. It wasn't worth it. I'd rather be able to interact with the kids and play, go out and play basketball or play wiffle ball and do small things of that nature versus an extended amount of running. Yes. That all of a sudden ends in like debilitated. Right. We did a family fitness challenge forever ago. I don't remember how many years ago it was, but we all got into the exercise DVDs. And one thing I'm like, Emily's competitive. Mm -hmm. You put competition in front of you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you, you lay something on the line in this girl. Yeah. You guys remember that podcast with Ty house? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. <laughs> if you mention Ty, you're going to have to give a radio announcement. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like, that's another part of your personality is a little competition. Like for some people, I think competition is such a turnoff. The second they feel like somebody's, uh, you know, that that's out there, they shut down, mm -hmm. but that revs you up. You will, if you set a goal and there's competition around it, you will complete it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's like, it's a drive for me. Yeah. yeah. It is. And, and, and that even goes into my yoga, the yoga studios, they'll do like a 30 day challenge. Okay. It could be complete 15 classes in 30 days or 20 classes in 30 days or 30 classes in 30 days. Mm -hmm. And I've done the 30 classes in 30 days. Um, cause by gum by golly, you're going to complete it. I signed up for it and my name's on the board and I'm going to have a check mark for each day. <laughs> <laughs> but now I'm being realistic with, you know, the kids are older and we have sports every night or, or we did. I did the, I recently completed a 15 classes in 30 days and the accomplishment is good. Is a check mark. It's like, yes. And I felt better through that. A, the fact that I was exercising, B, it, it helps with my digestive system. It helps with my eating. It helps with my sleeping. It trickles down. Yeah. That. Huge ripple effects yes. for so you. Signing up for those types of things are very effective for me because it's the accountability piece mm -hmm. like Lynn's is um, so great at that, that kind of keeps you going. So let me ask you this. Do you miss yoga during this COVID time? Like, are you craving being in a studio right now? When the studios open back up, I will be there. <laughs> now, prior to COVID, we, we got a puppy. Oh, like yeah. I said, my little Wheatley, <laughs> um, who's not so little anymore, um, <laughs> kept me home. Um, I was very limited on the amount of time I could leave. So I had kind of 
dwindled out of that routine to be home with Wheatley. COVID hitting, we're all home. <laughs> so yeah. to get back in the heat, and I, I, it'll be one of the first things I do. That you do. Yes. Yeah, because at that point, the dog's older, the mm-hmm. kids will be back at school at some point. So this is a good talk, too, because I think that as phases, and we've had a bunch of quick phases. So I normally think like babies and kids go to school, but right now we're going through phase after phase of you have puppy and then you have kids home all the time. Like, holy cow, that's a lot of adjustments to work around all, all at once. It is. It is. And, um, I do, I do well with change, but I don't do well with change. I like to mix things up. I don't like a constant, um, same routine every day, uh, necessarily, but, um, but I like to, I like to change it up. Yeah. I what, like would be... you describe yourself as like, when change happens, do you ease into it or jump into it? Jump. Yeah. Where I'm an easer and like, I feel like it normally takes me, if I know a summer's coming and I know life's going to change that fast, I need to talk about it beforehand. I yeah. need to figure it out where you're like, it changed. Let's do it. it yeah. It's a, it's a change. I'm going to make the decision. I'm going to make the decision right now. And this is what's going to happen. And I'm going to go in and I'm going to, and I'm going to conquer it. Now it's going to be difficult mm-hmm. and I'm going to have ups and downs, but I'm not going to think on it too long. Cause I'll think myself out of it. I love that. Right. Yes. Decision fatigue. <laughs> yes. <laughs> where we can talk, talk, talk. And then yes. Yeah. Ultimately. Not You're just do. like a hamster in a wheel. Yes. Yeah. That's so good. Yes. I appreciate you. Thank you for joining me. Like, I feel like I didn't give you a choice. <laughs> <laughs> you gave me plenty of choices. <laughs> I appreciate you. No, I love you. I love you. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Mwah. Mwah. Thank you for joining me today. If this topic served any purpose for you, or you could picture that exact person that needed this, I am always honored when you share the episode. We are making 2019 the year we are going to just pour motivation and inspiration onto others. I also forever appreciate when you leave reviews on iTunes and rate the podcast. I send you off with all the praise and momentum you deserve for staying open to new information keeping an open mind to what your journey looks like now, within a year, within the next five years, slow and steady all. It's not always instant gratification and not always that exciting, but a much gentler redeeming path that will serve you well throughout all of your years for every season of life. I cannot wait to catch up next Friday. Cheers to health and happiness.